0: Welcome to Simple Truth Love, a place where we talk about self-leadership, self-care, and self-love,
1: with the hope that our self-help conversations might inspire you to look at fundamental well-being practices.
0: Here, we'll dissect powerful words and explore how those words can enable or disable us from being our best selves,
1: and contemplate things together that make us be the best we
0: can be. I'm Rochelle Doyle.
1: And I'm Cindy Bradshaw. And today we get to have a conversation with Marcella Iglesias. Marcella is devoted to teaching yoga practices that enhance mood and energy and empower clients to live a life of their dreams. She holds several certifications in the areas of yoga nidra for deep restorative rest, daily mindfulness practices body awareness techniques, including somatic release practices and guided
0: meditations for sleep. And today we're going to talk about rest. The definition of rest that we'd like to use as a reference point is an instance or period of relaxing or ceasing to engage in strenuous or stressful activity. Welcome, Marcella.
2: Welcome, welcome, both of you. It's so nice to be here. I love the podcast. I'm very excited to be your guest today. We are so excited
0: to have you. Can you tell us why you chose the word rest to dissect today?
2: Yes, it's very meaningful to me personally, but I think in these times it is imperative that we rest. And so I chose it because we talk about it, but I don't think we go into depth about why it's so critical to our well-being and to really kind of our lives depend on it. Yeah, It's so important because we're very out of tune with the natural rhythms. That's one of the first things. And it has pretty significant ramifications. We can see what's happened to climate change for us being out of tune with rhythm, but it's also happening to us. And so I believe that what we see in the higher incidences of depression, attention deficit disorder, et cetera, on women, if you look at the stats, they're staggering. If they were bad in 2010, when when I was reviewing a study, it's gotten exponentially worse. Part of that problem, both men and women and children, is that we're not building in any time for rest. And the rest I'm talking about is simply no activity type of rest, not watching TV, not hanging out. There's a lot of self-care activities and they're wonderful too, but specifically rest means doing nothing, with not engaging your mind in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we take enough time to do that. We certainly don't take any time, even for sleep, where most people are sleep-deprived to some degree or another or wake up not rested. So the health ramifications, and I also think our quality of life, how we're moving through life, what kind of decisions we end up making are impacted by how we show up. Mm. And women in particular, we show up and we impact a community. It's just the way we are, the feminine in general takes care of a whole group of people. So if we don't show up well-rested and clear, the decisions we make aren't the best that we could make. Mm-hmm. And then the lives that we have may not be the lives that we're intended to have. Good point. And so that's why I think it's really important that we talk about it.
0: It's funny to me because I hear people now that will say, what did you do last weekend? And some people say nothing. And you're like, wow. That's amazing.
2: You're so lucky. (laughs) That's improvement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's why I think it's important. Cindy, why do you think rest is important?
1: I think we all need to take time to stop and reflect, to live a life that's doable and not frantic and to really recharge your batteries. I think we're, especially in American culture, very addicted to busyness and doing to live the best life we can. We need to really feel a sense of centering and a sense of rejuvenation. I think all of that is really critical. Rochelle, what about you?
0: So when we first signed up to start talking about rest, I initially thought of sleep. And I love this conversation because I'm going to learn about so many other types of rest that I know that I need. But even if you stick to sleep, which is one of the forms of rest, and do you read about What it can do, or what not having it can do to you, it helps you to keep off diseases. Your brain doesn't function properly without it. You're unable to concentrate and think clearly. If you haven't slept enough, your concentration is poor. You can't lose weight as well if you aren't able to rest. Having a good sleep cycle lowers your risk of heart disease and makes you more socially and emotionally aware. It lowers depression inflammation. So in reading just a little bit about the powers of being rested, it's huge. It's not just, it's not a luxury.
2: No, it's a necessity.
0: Mm -hmm. So what is the purpose
2: of rest? Well, I have a couple of things that come to mind. One is really one purpose is to be fully alive. I think in rest, we are allowed to recalibrate, to integrate experience. You know, we go through As Cindy was mentioning, the speed of things, right? So we go from activity to activity, whether it's a heated conversation or a fantastic one, and we just move on to the next thing with no time to integrate that. And the purpose of rest is to allow our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our souls, all of it to integrate experiences and digest them. So the physical part of it is that it engages the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest. And as we all know, most of us live with a complete sympathetic fight flight mode different levels of it during our days but the purpose of it is really to get your body rebalanced again this is where you rest and digest is where hormones get balanced where emotions get addressed so one of the huge purposes in my estimation is to return to that rhythm where we have a right balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic and right now we're all you know Topsy-turvy, in the wrong direction.
0: So if I don't know too much about parasympathetic
2: and sympathetic, would you be able to help me understand what that means for my body? Most people know it's the two sides of the nervous system, mm-hmm. where the sympathetic is that active one. And we need it because we're acting. Mm-hmm. We're moving. we're. But when it's super activated, you can go into, if you have a shocking thing, it activates the alarm system of the brain. Which oh. we need is that alarm system that says beware. There's back in the day, there's a tiger following you, and yeah. today it could be something like a red light that somebody crosses in front of you, or what have you, right. or a heated argument, or whatever. And so, but we have been so kind of assaulted. There's a kind of a violence in the way that the speed of things goes these days. So mm-hmm. we keep responding, and normally we're just activating that other sense where we're having to fight, flight, or freeze. Those that are the things, or fawn, so that those mm-hmm. are the responses that we have when that system is activated. And so the parasympathetic is the quieter one. It's the part of the brain that goes, of this nervous system that goes, okay, it's quiet now, we're going to stop all things, we're going to come back. You know, sometimes a simple deep breath will get you back into balance. So it's a very active fight, flight, ready to go and go, which is overactive for our current society because mm-hmm. we don't have we don't have to respond that way. So you get the idea that we need a lot of resting and digesting to be able yeah. to bring that system into balance. There's a way more scientific explanation, but I think that gets to the heart of it. Yeah, that helps.
1: So, what types of rest are there?
2: There's types of rest that we need for different things depending on what it is that ails us. Sometimes and oftentimes it's simply like physical exhaustion. Your body's tired. You've gone too far mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason, physical exhaustion. And so we need one form of rest that's, you know, you address it. And the reason I like Yoga Nidra and the approach that the yogis have to addressing all these different types of rest is that you work your way in one meditation through all these levels and you can work on adjusting the one that you need the most or any and all of them. So the physical will be the first one. Sometimes we're emotionally tired. And so Mm. we need some form of emotional risk. There's something in our emotional system. We've had an overload of emotion. Like maybe I'm fighting with my family. Fighting with your family and then you had a rough day at work Mm -hmm. or some ongoing dilemma that you're Mm -hmm. trying to solve. Like a pandemic. (laughs) Like a pandemic. That's a shared common. So Mm -hmm. between the shared common things that, you know, maybe you're worried about somebody who's sick, you know, or. Relationship issues or whatever, but you're just have a download of emotional turmoil. Mm -hmm. And so that has its own form of rest because maybe sleeping will help mostly all of them, but you have to tune in and decide where it is that you are needing it. So it's physical, there's emotional, there's mental, monkey mind. I think that's one number one. Like for me, I always have you can't shut it off. Mm -hmm. So you need a time, you need some kind of rest that would get you out of that kind of activity. And then eventually, you know, sometimes spiritual rest, sometimes you need to connect with the soul. In particular, women, there's that internal world that we need to, we can only reach when we're rested, when we're quiet and doing no activity. And so Mm -hmm. all of these, when you get quiet, we stop looking out and we turn and look in. And that is one of the benefits of rest that we touch in with our bodies, with our spirit, with our emotional. And that's when we realize, oh, whoa, that's way out of whack. Mm -hmm. So those are the possible types of rest that you would need.
1: How do you think technology plays into that for people like Rochelle that are on TikTok all night? How do you think that (laughs) plays into?
2: Not just Rochelle. You know, I have to say, I have to brace my hand a little because I can't seem to put that phone down looking at this, that, and the other. Me too. And technology late at night, the blue light, if you look at the sleep studies, it just really interrupts our natural sleeping cycles, the circadian rhythms, they're way off. We have very little dark time. Mm -hmm. The skies are on all the time. You know, if you think of nature in the evening after dusk, we don't even see dusk, right? So evening, you know, if you go outside, everything starts to slow down and gets darker, quieter, and cooler, which is great because, you know, cooling inflammation, that's what rest helps us do too, which, Rochelle, I think, alluded to earlier, one of the things that happens when you regulate. Well, now we're on 24 When you're on 24-7, you disrupt that cycle. And that has some significant, again, health consequences, inflammation, heart disease, et cetera. And so it behooves us to find a way to recalibrate our own rhythms. And it takes a lot of work.
0: Is it possible to use something like an app or social media, TikTok, as a form of risk, even if it's TikTok, right? So let's say I have boundaries behind it, which I will be the first person to admit that that's where my big problem is with TikTok. <laughs> um, but let's say that I said, okay, you get from 6 to 6.30 to follow these people that are talking about different recipes on TikTok that you like. Can that be considered a form of rest, or is it not?
2: I think it can be considered a form of self-care if you are addressing a need that you have that enriches your life for whatever reason you choose. I don't believe we would be called rest per se because the definition of rest was really no activity. Mm-hmm. And strenuous activity, as you define, strenuous, you know, having a lot of whatever, half hour of technology can be pretty strenuous after a full day of whatever it is that you've been doing. Or if it's late at night, it's going to have a different impact. So I think to be fully rest, like sitting in their chair and looking out at dusk or watching the hummingbird out of the window, that's probably rest because mm-hmm. very little is asked of you.
1: So Marcella, what role does rest have in culture?
2: Oh, I think culture really impacts rest. I can speak for my own personal experience. You know, I'm South American, so I come from a Latin country Where for example rest is siesta is something that was we grew up with. And everybody talks about it. Most Latin countries and some of Europe, you know, have this rest period in the middle of the day. So the cultural messages I got around rest were, you know, that it was okay to stop for a couple of hours in the middle of the day and rest and actually sleep because people actually sleep. Some just stop doing whatever they were doing, but it's a rest period. But when I came to the United States, interestingly enough, when I became what they call acculturated, you just take the new culture and I lost all sense of that rest. And the messages from this culture were very different than the messages from mine, because stopping to rest is lazy. Siesta is associated with the culture of mañana, you know, we'll do it tomorrow. That was kind of a delay and it's not this rush, rush, do, do, be productive. So I think that culture the messages with the rest messages we've gotten, it's something to consider because it impacts how we ourselves are willing to dare to rest, as my teacher would say. That's the name of her book, Dare to Rest, because we have to dare to do it these days. Mm-hmm. There is a very little rest culture in, in the U.S. today. Mm-hmm. What about you, Rochelle? I couldn't agree more.
0: When I think about it personally, my parents were really hard workers, but they didn't push that on me. I remember the focus was to enjoy life, but then I also remember my mom was going to work in the day and then going to school at night. I would sit in the back of Sac City College and just be quiet there sometimes while she was taking her night classes. And I remember my father as someone who was always sleepy. I just constantly remember him taking naps. But when I look back from an adult perspective, it's because he was working graveyards And he was taking care of me. Mm -hmm. So he was always trying to catch up on his sleep that he never really had. But when you look at it from a society level, Marcella, I think you're 1000% right. The United States is a society of rest shamers. Mm -hmm. We sleep shame people. The earliest person is the best person. The person who stays longest is the person to be revered. And what we're talking about, I think that that's what makes this really important. It's in direct opposition of what it is that we're taught in society. It makes me feel like society doesn't have my best interests at heart. And that's why we have to fight for rest. Cindy, what do you think? What's your background with rest?
1: When you were both talking, I was thinking about working in admissions as I do and how many parents really want their children to be so accomplished in kindergarten. (laughs) And I think We're giving the wrong messages. If you can learn early on how to slow down and enjoy, you're going to get much more meaning out of your life. I think a lot of people are turning. The pandemic has really shifted the way people look at. They're looking more at, I want a well-adjusted, happy person. I don't want this person that's ready to crack in second grade, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like that is not the point. So I think there's a shift happening for sure but it's an important one to recognize what messages are we putting out there early on and what do we want the future to look like and does it need to be accelerated so early on? Marcella?
2: Yeah, I just had a little something, a story that I remembered a friend of mine telling me that I think goes to the culture, that what we're talking about, cultural, where we live here right now. And my friend Marsha is an MBSR teacher and she was in a training session in the Silicon Valley. So all tech folks. And she was in a teacher training session. And that what she was telling me is that so many of the people who were there, and it was men and women, both part of they started MBSR is mindfulness-based stress reduction. So they were there to reduce their stress. And it's an eight week class. I don't know if you've taken it, but I haven't. It's phenomenal. And part of the concern that a lot of the folks had were that they were going to lose their edge if they Rested, or if they meditated, or if they approach life with this pausing, with this whole different attitude, which is a more restful attitude, including taking time, because part of that protocol is a body scan, so you have to take time. And so the whole concern was that they are going to lose their edge at work and competing because they would have to go slower. Mm-hmm. And what they always, she said unequivocally at the end, and she did a few of these sessions where she was observing at the end of the eight weeks. So they continued to do it and it dawned on them that they were not only did that not happen over the eight weeks as they started to apply these things at work, that they ended up with far more clarity and centered and making better decisions and having more time to do the things that matter to them. So they were more efficient, even though you don't rest to be productive. But when you are well rested and natural thing is that all your work life, Is better. There were better leaders, better parents, better workers. And so the message that the culture is giving, you have to do more. But these people going in with a concern, trying it and doing it, found out that it's actually you end up better by slowing down and your work life also improves. So they didn't lose an edge. They gained it.
0: I found the same thing for me. I went on a three day. It was a mindfulness and leadership course that I took at Gonzaga. And it was really through practice. So we spent a significant amount of the time meditating. And the energy that I came back to work with, I was able to be so deliberate in my communications. I wasn't scatterbrained. I wasn't thinking about my anxiety as much. I was really able to be thoughtful towards the person that I was engaging with. And leave it there. I think it also hugely helped my emotional state too, because of how I was walking into situations. I would be kind of amped up and wired and having even the five minutes when I'm remembering my five minute a day meditation, I can be way more deliberate in my interactions with people and I can access that place that I was at, at six o'clock in the morning, when someone's kind of got that energy, I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. you do that. So what do we do to counteract
2: our culture and rest? Well, you have to be daring and you have to think of rest as a form of civil disobedience. I heard Dr. Nyman say, he's a well-known sleep doctor, and I, has become my phrase now because I've adopted it because that's exactly what it takes. Karen Brody calls it a rest revolution. So it's a revolution and it's an act of civil disobedience and it's bucking the trend of grind, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And you have to take it as such because it feels often as such.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When you decide to set these rest boundaries, you get pushback. You may get a pushback from your family who would rather you were available at all times or friends who really want, have needs, or, or certainly your employee would like you to keep going. So in order to set those boundaries, you have to be prepared that you have to treat what you're doing as an act of civil disobedience that you stand very strongly behind and it's a reclamation of power basically Mm. you reclaim your power to rest because it allows you to be the best person your true self to figure out who you really are because the noise sometimes is too loud to even get to we don't get to that place Mm -hmm. and then you get to far later in life and wonder do i like vanilla or chocolate because you've been on the hamster wheel The hamster wheel yeah
0: yeah I feel like I want to be a rest rebel. Please. Let's be rest rebels. Please.
2: Let's be rest rebels.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's so important to question that because you are at your best when you're rested. And we just live in this society where it very much is about being on the treadmill and never getting off and just do, 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 do. And I am so guilty of that. I like to be busy and I'm used to it. And it's a comfortable place for me. And I have a really hard time stopping. So Marcella, do you have suggestions on how people can stop and be rest revolutionaries?
2: Well, I am a recovering busy body, because I have the same impulse you do. I'm very much busy. And I often have to question who's making me do this, because no one I have retired and I teach, but I now have my schedule as I like it, but it's this internal drive. So one of the things I do is pausing. The pause is a form of rest, but you could start with a simple pause. When you go from activity to activity, it could be forced. You may have to say, every time I drink water, whatever little tricks you have to play on yourself, a deep breath. We sometimes do it naturally, but oftentimes you find you're not breathing. You didn't even notice that. So I think taking a pause is one of those things, however small, you know, it only takes one breath, literally, to get you into a different state. And then you have to keep digging. And then, you know, having these conversations with people and refusing everything in the name of productivity, you have to bug that and get that into your body and mind. And then it becomes a priority, but it's a concerted effort. And it's a long time practice. It's a practice, not a perfect, and we'll be practicing getting back to rest, I think, for a long time. And if we rebel together, we support each other in those efforts, I think. Mm -hmm. Especially women. Yeah, especially women. Women tend to be busier. And if you look at the depression, anxiety rates, et cetera, attention deficit disorder, I mean, it's increased like 200 and some 60% in a 10 year period for women. It's imperative, again, that we support each other in rebelling and taking that pause. So one thing would be to take the pause and find your way. If the pause is a five-minute pause in an app, that works. If it's a three deep breaths, if it's staring out the window at the hummingbird feeder or time in nature or whatever, it causes you to pause. And then taking up some practices like meditation. I guess in my preferred is yoga nidra because it works. It's the one I do more consistently. The one that works is the one you do, right? Mm -hmm. Find one and do it.
0: I think for me, I often work in opposite. I'm chasing. I'll start to notice that I'm extremely tired. I'm irritable. I've got mood swings. I can't concentrate. You guys know I will squirrel out and be bouncing all over the place. And when that happens, I start to get this realization of, oh, wait, check yourself. What's going wrong? What is it that you haven't been doing? How has your sleep been for the last few nights? When's the last time that you just didn't, right? Have you been bouncing from activity to activity to activity? Has your schedule been so filled that you haven't taken any time for yourself? And those checks and balances have helped. I'd like to get to the point where I don't even go through the fatigue and irritability in order to remind me to rest, but it's a starting off place for me.
2: And the more rested you are, the more you will access that place faster and sooner because once you get a taste of it, that you start Mm -hmm. catching yourself a lot sooner. Because that's one thing I do now is I catch myself a lot sooner. Yeah.
0: I think too it's important to think about what it is to cut out of your life because sometimes you think, Well, it's dinner with a friend. It's just drinks with a friend. That's a form of rest, but not when you've got so many other things going on that you haven't taken any time to just decompress and be. True.
2: Yeah, so the key in the truly resting phase is that you can start to make those decisions. You, they start to become clearer where your rest boundary is. And so you start to be okay saying no, because when you say yes to rest, you have to say no to something else oftentimes. You put boundaries on your kids even. Moms need rest too. So the kids, teaching them rest is a great gift. Teaching the children how not to be on the wheel to begin with is what you were talking about a kindergartner who is pressured to read or do, you know, teaching them that it's okay to do it this way. It's a great gift you give to them and your friends will probably understand. And if not, you start considering your friendships. You will make some significant changes over time if you stop enough and ponder enough because you'll see what works for you, what's healthier.
1: So, Marcella, tell us about a time when you were out of balance with rest.
2: Oh, let me count the times. I've had several, but the most recent one, that was a big swing of out of balance. So in 2018, after we had a house fire, the work life had ramped up and I just kept moving. I was completely out of balance. What happens when you're out of balance happened to me is you start eating the wrong things because you don't have time to eat the right things or even notice what it is you're eating. My sleep would became completely disrupted. My heart palpitation started up. I had significant, I could feel completely. And I just kept going, kept going, 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 going. And what was happening is I was allowing unreasonable expectations to go unchecked. And so when I stopped and paused, it took me, it went on for quite a while, but it eventually landed me in a place where it really impacted my health. That's when it dawned on me that I was not managing other people's expectations very well. And that I needed to turn the focus on myself. And so what I did, and it wasn't the first time it happened to me before. When I get in that wheel, I tend to be get more self-critical and more of a perfectionist. I'm already very meticulous when it comes to work. But You know, some things I love. Karen's phrase, chucking perfect. I wish I'd had that phrase back then. Love that. Because there's a point where chucking perfect, I was not doing any of that. And so it becomes an impossible proposition. And so I stopped mostly because I had physical manifestations that were really concerning me. And then talking to my doctor, my doctor was like, whoa, you need to make some changes. And so I was already practicing yoga nidra. And I think that's when I found actually daring to rest. And I started I think probably the fact that I started to intersperse a bit of that yoga nidra or that pausing, built-in pausing, allowed me to see the expectations and then to make some really wise, I think, choices for myself. They weren't easy choices, but because I had that clarity of having experienced those moments of rest, I was able to leave a job that wasn't, just leave work altogether, early retired, even though it wasn't the right time for a lot of reasons, but it was the right time for the right reasons. And so Mm -hmm. I was able to discern, which is something we don't have a lot of time for discernment. It took me, frankly, a long time. It took me, these are not easy. This was a long process that is still continuing because, you know, our old habits are difficult to break. And so It's just have to understand that you can step away from it. You will make significant changes and it does take time and you have to commit to doing it.
0: There was a quote that I heard that was saying something like rest for an hour. And if you can't rest for an hour, rest for 30 minutes. And if you can't rest for 30 minutes, try 10. If you can't do 10 try five. If you can't try five, do one. Love that. If you can't do one, do 10 seconds. And if you can't do 10 seconds, then you really have a problem and you need to start back with an hour. (laughs)
2: That's a perfect quote because that's exactly what it takes. A lot of one minutes of rest add up as well. Mm -hmm. That's part of the chucking perfect. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, even before meetings, if you have stressful meetings, taking that big, deep breath and centering yourself and getting prepared to have whatever conversation or manage whatever sort of energies are going to be coming at you, taking that little second is a form of rest.
2: So Cindy, Rochelle, what takeaways do you have from our chat today?
0: For me personally, this notion of wanting to be fully alive was something that immediately resonated with me. I want to be fully alive. And the only way that I can truly embrace that is to prioritize my rest. So I am on board with being a rest rebel. And I also want to look at the different scopes, those different areas, the physical, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual forms of rest, and make sure that I'm paying attention to all of those, that I'm not just saying, well, I had some sleep, so I'm fine. It doesn't matter that I've got 13,000 things going on in my emotional life. I want to be able to honor all of that. Cindy, how about
1: you? I definitely want to take some time to honor those different areas of rest. That's a really important takeaway from today. And just that we need to really rise up and start this rest revolution. It's so imperative for everyone's well-being. So I'm very inspired to, you know, stop that narrative that we have going on and be a part
0: of that change. So I think it's important to the youth and to the now too, or to yes. the currents,
2: to me, yep. <laughs> to all of us, <laughs> everyone, the elders, to all. all of us, the elders, that would be me.
1: Marcella, what else would you like us to take away from this conversation today?
2: I just want to bring home how important the time we live in right now, you know, with this semi post pandemic that is going on and on. It's just so much has happened. We're in reimagining ourselves face. We've slowly emerging to a very different, you know, a new consciousness. Rest brings awareness. And this awareness, this deep, deep awareness of in the climate issues we have, the inequities in our social systems, the lack of systems and structures that are serving us all, this whole violence in the rush, rush, rush culture. So people have stopped enough. We've been stopped by the pandemic to reconsider. So as we reimagine ourselves, I think it's really, really important that we do so from a well-rested, as well-rested women, men and women. Mm. But in particular, because women, we, it is our time to rise into that. We can do this very well. We have natural rhythms already. So it's really, really important that we take the time to be rested so that we can rise up with this reimagining the world that will be for our children and their children's children, our own, and then for the generations to come. So it's really, really important work. Yeah. So I'm glad you're joining the rest revolution. Good point.
1: Thank you so much, Marcella. It's just been an incredible conversation to have with you. We're so appreciative.
0: I'm so grateful that you took the time to connect with us and chose this really important word. Thank you. This has been amazing.
2: Oh, it's been amazing for me. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun.
0: I feel rested already. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks for joining the revolution. Also. Yeah.
0: I'm going to burn all the papers on my desk that demand other <laughs> attention.
2: <laughs> Marcella, do you have a quote to close this out? I do. I have this wonderful quote from Karen Brody's Daring Duress book, and it's a Kenyan proverb. And it's, if you close your eyes, you will see far.